Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Good morning and welcome to the Friday Form Panel, Trot's Life, and a bit of a different Friday Form Panel this morning. We're taking a look back on the Vic Bread semifinals that were staged at Tapcourt Park, Melton on Wednesday, and also having a, a look ahead to the grand finals, which are New Year's Eve, a big night planned there out at Melton. Uh, a huge crowd expected, and it's going to be a fantastic night of racing. 12 Group 1s, which doesn't happen very often. So we're going to have a look at that with the final fields being drawn, and markets already out as well so we will take a look at uh, markets and try and find some early value potentially from those fixed odds there was a few that I've had a look at this morning and uh, the price has already been snapped up but uh, we will make our way through all all of that and discuss uh, potential scenarios and and just work our way through but we saw some quality racing and uh, and horses there's no doubt about that on Wednesday at Tabcourt Park and some performances that were were quite mind-blowing really Uh, Bondi Lockdown and Ladies in Red absolutely both spectacular so uh, Jace and I he will be joining us shortly and we'll work our way through uh, through all of those semi-finals and the Trotters as well obviously we didn't see them Trotters just going heat straight into the finals but we will uh, we'll touch base on all the trotters heats and uh, and look forward as well. So it's a big few uh, big few weeks coming up, and then of course January it just continues as well with the summer of glory and uh, and all the country cups. We kick off with Bendigo into Shepparton. There's Hamilton Cup, so there's so many quality horses going around as we work into the summer of glory. So it's going to be a huge few weeks ahead, that's for sure. And um, I'm interested to get Bond's thoughts because there was a bit of discussion uh, around uh, Moro Vita in the Encipher. He was firmly in the Encipher camp when Barry Draws came out. So I'm wondering if as time's gone by, things have changed. And I think he might be with us now. Are you there, Jason? I've, I've, uh, I've softened slightly. Yeah, slightly. Um, I still think it's going to be hard. I I've, I went back through the replays again last night from semifinals and Moro Vita was... Excellent. I, I still think what I was um, what I was outlining on the night is that I think she's going to get attacked. She's going to get attacked several times, probably three times early. And if you want to hold the lead, um, and and uh, Rob Albert and I were in concurrence most of the night. But if you want to lead when you really when you really ever do that, or you've only ever done it once in your career, and you're going to do it at Group One level, there's no guarantees, and you probably don't want to be relentlessly attacked. Uh, so I, I still think I'll end up tipping in cipher, but I, uh, my declaration that Amore Vita can't win, I might have just I might have just moderated slightly on that skater. <laughs> I thought you may have. Um, <laughs> Did you now? Time <laughs> slightly. Look, yeah, it's it. And I'm just looking at going through the fields again this morning and looking at the markets. I don't. It's one of um, those cards where. I, it's hard to see an absolute blowout, but then we've seen it. We saw it on in semi-final night with repelling, but I'm sure there will be. But it's just I'm struggling to see where it where it might come from. I can find potentially maybe one. Um, can you pick it? it it's actually the what it, it's the we're talking the, about the paces here. Um, 
It's the division where you would I would have thought there was the least possible chance of an upset. But if there was to be one, I reckon it might be in this race. Uh, four-year-old mares? Yeah. So what? So what? At sixteen dollars <laughs> is the is the only one I can entertain. In terms of value, I reckon there's a couple. We'll talk about it as we go forward. But there's a couple at a uh, place price that I think are amazing value. Um, but in terms of winners, yeah, I, it, the only real and I'm I'm not saying so what's going to win the race. I just think with Margita drawn so awkwardly and Spellbound, I, I still can't believe it's a dollar fifty two fifty, even though Spellbound's off the front. And Margit is inside the second row. That's got to be wrong, I would have thought. And I think those uh, prices will compress a bit. But so what at $16, I can entertain the possibility of the thought of that happening. Yeah, well, she was she was excellent, wasn't she? She's been racing in Korea, but there's no doubt about that. And she had a, a tough trip to endure at uh, in her semi-final, and I thought she was outstanding. So from the good draw, uh, she absolutely could. It was funny when the when the barriers were drawn and Spellbound drew seven. I thought, okay, well it's Majita's race, and then it couldn't have worked out any worse for Majita really being inside the second row. So. Um, Greg Sugars is going to have to weave some magic, that's for sure. And yeah, that 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 is a, a bit of an interesting one. It did look a two horse race prior, but uh, the barrier draw has really gone in so what's favour. Yeah, and 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 the market has overreacted because Margita, in my opinion, is going better than Spellbound. I know we saw only a couple of starts back. Uh, Spellbound leads Margita in the breeze, and and Spellbound wins comfortably. And she's beaten Margita home when Margita's had to do more work on a number of occasions. But I just think right here, right now. Uh, I'd still have them probably maybe spellbound just favourite, but almost very close to each of two for me. Um, we'll go to a break in a moment and get stuck into it. We'll, we'll go with the two-year-old Phillies first of all and pretty much run a retrospective. Uh, you might have already outlined this, Skeeter, while I was trying to get upstairs. But uh, we'll go through sort of going through the semifinals and doing a little review and then quickly on to the actual uh, race the, the Group 1 Vic Bread Super Series final for that division and see if we can find any value at all. It's not going to be easy, but like I say, I think more for the place than for the win in some of these divisions. And you've got a um, a big, big, big dominant victory in a music quiz that you're trying to defend here, but Geordie's a different kettle of fish here. You're not going to get those Dorothy Dix's left arm, uh, just that the ball just doesn't move and you get to hit it over mid-wicket from... JD, are you ready? Hey, I won fair and square no, on you, Monday. You, you, were, don't, you were don't in, go looking for excuses. You were in a, you were in actual you, you were in amazing form. Um, so uh, look, I I said on the day I can recognise greatness, and it was it was argue well no it was your best performance ever. But now you have got to be able to prove that you can maintain the rage. So uh, we'll go to a break now here on the Friday retrospective slash form panel. Christmas Eve edition, and when we come back, the first song from Geordie Canellis. On Trot's Life, it's time for the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Jason. Jason. Born to Run? Correct, it is Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. The boss! And the boss is back in town. <laughs> oh, what a song. The streak has ended. What a great song by Bruce Springsteen. Um, 
What did I have going on a second ago? Oh, I saw that Coldplay are going to stop making music in 2025, Chris Martin said. 2025? What a bullshit. That is, if, if there has ever been... <laughs> has there ever been a... Oh, I mean, that I call myself arrogant. I'm going to stop tipping horses in 2042. I just wanted to announce that today on the Friday <laughs> form panel. To the Trots Vision people... I'll be well and truly dead. Uh, no, to the Trots Vision viewers and also to the SEN track listeners, I'll stop tipping horses in 2042. At least, we, at least that means we know we've got at least three more years of K-pop collaborations. Yeah, True. <laughs> All I do is collaborations. It's just more and more heavily produced. They're going to phone it in for another uh, another four years, which is great. Um, I think their best might be behind, but they've been a great band. Right, two-year-old Philly, semi-final number one. Uh, this is, don't mention the war, Amore Vita. Um, I expected her to win uh, in the first race in the program uh, on Wednesday night, Skeeter, but... The dominance was was pretty outstanding, wasn't it? 55-4 final half, ate them alive. And one thing I went and did last night after I'd reviewed all of the semifinals was just went to check how easily, you know, the top three or four home did it. And Amore Vita, the last 80 metres was in cruise control. Yeah, she was she was really good, wasn't she, Bon? And she didn't have it all her own way. Obviously, had to to come from the back, swing wide, and um, she was still yeah. I, I completely agree. I thought she did it quite easily and was very dominant. So uh, the slight query for me, well, I suppose we're not really looking forward yet, are we? We're just reviewing, but um, yeah. Oh, she, look, it's it's all it's all wrapped up in one neat little package. Yeah. Well, yeah. Th- that gate speed. She she isn't a blazing beginner, so. That's probably the only slight concern from that good barrier. Um, but, you know, is it a good barrier for her, I suppose, if she gets crossed by Relentless Me, who leads the gate well? So, look, that's probably the only slight question mark. But I think she she begins well enough that she's not going to, to walk out. But, um, yeah, she's she's got a great turn of mm. foot and I think she's going to be very hard to beat in the final. The issue is that even if she does, this is, this is the point that I was making the other night, even if she does lead... Because she's not a blazing beginner, they're all going to have a dip. Relentless yeah. me's got to have a go. I mean, and, and sort of Rob's case, well, we, she's proven she can't lead, but she can lead in trail. Um, and I, I, I don't think they'll believe they've got any uh, any chance of winning if they don't cross a Moray Vita. So they'll have a go. And if they half-length a Moray Vita and then Fiamma comes across and then Petionte only seems to ever get, get driven one way, even though she's not going that well. So... You can just see it's hard to envisage a situation where she gets an easy lead even if she holds up. Yeah, well, that that is true because, you know, like you said, they're all going to want to have a crack to get across and I'm sure the uh, connections of Relentless Me will be quite happy to have a more AV to three pegs if they can get across. So, um, look, it's, yeah, this the start's going to be crucial for her, but you've got Chris Helford aboard, so you could do, do a lot worse than that. So um, I still think she's the top pick, but... Um, just yeah, going off her her semi final run, which was uh, which was yeah, very very good. Our little jet was solid, no threat, but worked home quite well after not showing enough gate speed to lead early. And I'll tell you the one that I can't do anything in the final. You wouldn't think, but uh, non peril did get home. Was you know dragged back a long way on the inside and hit the line really hard. So not for New Year's Eve, but I think going forward um, looks to be a nice filly. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, still obviously, you know, learning what it's all about as well. Mike Corona was a big improver. Aaron Dunn mentioned a few weeks back that 
this uh, this filly had probably been his biggest disappointment because he thought she was going to be a really nice filly and then he tipped her out and she came back in and she just didn't didn't come up she just uh, hadn't yeah just hadn't been herself or what he thought she was capable of but um I thought she was yeah she was much much better on the weekend so hopefully she's trending in the right direction Petionte yeah just just not uh, could be the end of a long season not what sure what it is but um just not going as well and Patsy Valentine um who I thought was sort of yeah she's always been a bit of an underrated filly with the right run she can be right there but I don't think breezing is is her go so she was sort of forced into that position um in her semi and I just don't think that's her at this stage are we on trot's vision today we are aren't we uh, would assume so. Uh, Hutchie just made an appearance for, for anybody. So, so it could be – it's actually spot, spot the celebrities walking behind us because we've got the the glass pane there. Justine's not in her post. She might have got on Christmas holidays already. Um, but Hutchie just wandering past and, uh, yeah, just spot the celebrity behind us. Um, right, semi-final number two, Fiamma uh, got the sweet run but really dug in when it was required late in – Seems to be, you know, seems to have sort of plateaued at different points during the season, but he's coming right at the right time for this Vic Bread Super Series. I'm I'm interested because I, I still say she's the one to beat, but I'm interested in our take on in Cypher's run. I The excuse that I'll give her is it was a complete dash home in the final 400 metres, and I think maybe that's not her go. I think she fought back a little bit. Fiamma just uh, might have... Nailed her for speed. Other, otherwise, if you don't agree with that, I can't find another excuse why she got beaten, actually. Yeah, look, I, I think so. I think, you know, obviously just a, a dash home is all it was, 27-1. And, um, yeah, maybe she just just was out sprinted in the end off a, from a horse that's had the better trip. But in saying that, Fiamma, taking nothing away from Fiamma, she's a very nice filly. So um, if roles are reversed and and Fiamma breezes and Incipher's on her back, Incipher probably wins. So, um, look, I, I really like this filly. Well, both of them, actually, like I said. there. And I think the thing that Fiamma has got as well is she's, she's got that good gate speed. She leaves the gate well, which obviously from from barrier six was able to to get her across and uh, and then in the 1-1. One, one. So she can put herself in a forward position and we can see that in the final as well. Um, in Cypher, she just looks like she tries so hard. I just I just really like how she goes about her business. So um, we've seen her have to do it tough and, you know, she's probably going to have to do that again in the final and make a move to go around. So she can absolutely win, especially if they sort of they go really hard early, uh, go a quick lead time and um, and sort of you've got Fiamma and, uh, and Petionte and Amore Vita, you know, and like you said, the outline, the case that you outlined and it's on early um, in Cypher's the one that uh, you're going to want to be on, but she just will need a, a touch of luck giving that um, that front row advantage away to the others. I, I honestly think it, it'll be, I'm confident enough. I think it's like 85% likely that that pressure will be there. I just want, if in Cypher it goes as well here as she did in the British Crown final, then she'll win Again, um, she. I, I like what you say. It's her will. I think she's stronger than she is fast. So um, that's why I'm making that little excuse for why she got beaten here. Because you'd, you'd look at it and say, well, when they didn't go very hard and they just sprinted home 400 metres, even though Fiamma got the softer run, you'd still think Incipher might be able to hold her. But I think Incipher likes a dog fight more than anything else in this race. So, um, And I think it is going to be a dog fight. Aussie Joy surprisingly big run, ran the gate, got shuffled back, 
and almost finished off as well as the winner. If Amore Vita leads, Aussie Joy's behind the leader. I was hoping for some ridiculous place price because, look, she probably deserves to be about, you know, on, on form compared to some of these, maybe 8 or $10. Five bucks is okay a place. Um, I don't know if I'm going to dive into it, but I thought her run was pretty good as well. Yes, yes, completely agree. I thought she was um, she was really good. Relentless me, uh, finished fifth, led, uh, only beaten five metres though, and uh, we sort of briefly touched on on as part of the coverage, whether she's not a leader or whether she was slightly below her best. What did you make of her run? Who's that? Relentless me. Yeah, I, uh, I think that she is not a leader. Yeah, I don't think she can cop that kind of pressure in a race and that, yeah, she's probably a half level below them anyway, isn't she? So, um, uh, and she hasn't done a lot of that leading. She stalked and run home and been not far away without really ever threatening to win one. Here, it's not so much that they went fast. It's just a different role, inferred pressure from Encypher. So her only possible chance, I, I'd struggled to see her winning the final any which way, but her only chance is to cross and trail, isn't it? And, and uh You'd want to get across and then Fiyama to get the lead and Fiyama to hold the lead and not hand up to Petionte, which might be the case now because um, there might be no trust in handing up to Petionte now the way she's going at the moment. Are you in a similar boat? Yeah, you would you would think so. We know that Petionte is usually driven forward, but, yeah, I probably wouldn't be wanting to take a sit behind her just given that she hasn't really been finishing off her races that well. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, for Relentless Me, um, that's probably her best chance. Can absolutely see her running a place if she can get across and uh, be behind the leader. She's going to be dangerous there and that's going to give her her best chance. Um, so let's have a look at the final. I mean, we're going through it in a, in a package and sort of looking forward while we're reviewing. I'm still sticking with Encypher. I can't find a stack of value. $5 a place about Aussie Joy appeals slightly, but this is probably of all the pacing finals on Friday night, this is the one that I'm probably least inclined initially to get involved with Skeeter. Yeah, I probably would agree with that, Bon. Uh, on, at this early stage, though, I'd be sticking with Amore Vita, I think, um, just from that draw advantage, if they, they can use it to advantage. I uh, just think she's been very good and she's quite versatile. So uh, trusting that she doesn't, get shuffled too far back along the, the pegs. I think she can um, can cop a bit of pressure. She's quick. So, yeah, I, I think Encypher's still going to have to, even if they go hard, Encypher's still going to have to do plenty of work and they would have to go absolutely crazy up front. Um, so, yeah, Amore Vita, I think, for me. She can, she can lead cop pressure and win? Well, yes. Not absolutely ridiculous, you know ridiculous sectionals pressure, but yes, I think she can. If they go uh, 55 and she's in front, 55. Yep. No, I'm going back to my original. She, she's not going to win. The more, I think, the, the more I think about it. I like when we disagree, though. The more I think, well, you know, well, it only happens once every Christmas. So that we, we'll disagree once in Christmas, once at Easter, uh, once for Yom Kippur, uh, once for Lent, once for, once for Ramadan, and then again at Christmas. So we don't disagree too often. Um, but the more I think, it, like... I went back and watched that replay last night, and I'm thinking, "Geez, that was a, that was a dominant victory." But at the same time, it was the weakest semi-final. There's a reason why every, virtually every time she's ever led, she's handed up, and that's because I think they're aware that that's not her going life. I just can't, 
as we're talking through it right now, I just can't see how she's going to get the run she needs. And I reckon if she leads, she can't win. And as I said, right from the word go, if she hand, if she loses it to like if she loses the battle to Relentless Me, she's going to get shuffled back. If she loses it to Fiamma, I think Fiamma will hand up to Petionte. Even if she leads, she'll get pressure. So no, no for me. I'm going with Cipher at the moment, but. Gee, it's going to be a tough race. We're going to that hard out. We'll come back. We've still got plenty more reviews, retrospective reviews from the racing on Wednesday night, and we're looking forward to the big event at Tabcor Park, Melton Vicbred Super Series Finals night, trying to find you a few winners. And uh, I think it's going to get more interesting as we go along, but more agreement than disagreement going forward. The Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Nikita. Oh, Nikita, quick. Trouble? I knew you were trouble. Yes, yeah, I knew I, you were trouble. I actually, I actually knew that, and it's disappointing being such a big T-Swizzle man. <laughs> Very good, Skeeter. I'm surprised you went quicker than Bond. Yeah, that's your... You're no, a no, T-Swift man. It wasn't bad for me because it it's, it's a relatively generic little guitar uh, thing at the start, so... I, as soon as as soon as you you said your name, I was like, "Yeah, that's that's trouble," and I knew I was in trouble. Uh, uh, okay, you keep on in the background. Um, two-year-old Colts and Gelding semi-final number one. On the cold hard ground. Ah, ah, All right, Celestia Matuka wins, but I on the night. I thought, how big is he, son of a gun, gone? I know you're on at $8.50. I wasn't pulling your tail just because I didn't get it on at $8.50. But even watching it again, that run was just out of this world. Now, he's drawn very awkwardly on Friday night. He's a son of a gun. But, wow. I mean, you, you know my theory on on uh, galloping horses, particularly trotters. I think, you know, sometimes the runs are overrated. But when you gallop that late, when you're, when you're just about to storm into it, and I think win the race and you gallop that late and you're able to pick yourself up. I think you probably lost, he probably lost maybe, along with ground and momentum, another 15 metres after coming from about 20 metres off them trying to get yeah. into the race. That was just huge. Oh, he was, it was ridiculous, really. It was um, a little bit heartbreaking, but he was, yeah, he was ridiculous. And the draw is pretty sticky for him, but um, yeah, he's just got exceptional speed. And we saw that when he knuckled down and got past good horses, like, you know, he's Charlie's angel. Um, he obviously didn't quite get past him, but, you know, hot deal, Kafaji, he's running past nice horses after making that mistake. So, Look, he's got to be a massive chance. But Celestia Matuka, he's really in the zone, this horse. And the thing that really caught my attention as well is Anthony Butt's confidence in the horse. Like he he basically said, it doesn't matter where we draw, he can win. He wasn't concerned about, oh, we need this or we need that because he's just got so much confidence in the horse and he is quite versatile. We saw that. Um, we saw that again. So, look, I think he's, um, yeah, he's got to be a, a big player. Yeah, and, and, well, you saw it in the race, didn't you? I mean, to kick up... We all talk about how tough and strong and big and, and brave Kafaji is. And when uh, he rolled up three deep, Ange just said, no, we're pushing forward to the lead. Um, are you just ducking into the pantry there, just, just having a no, little... No, well, my, um, my headphones just said uh, battery low. So I'm searching for a um, another set of headphones before I drop out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I Kafaji can't win the final. I, I, I think it's still well in the market, but it can't win, though. 
based on what we saw uh, here. And he's just still too quirky. I think he, he's going to end up being an absolute superstar. That's a heavy sliding door. Um, but, he's, uh, but I don't think he can win on Friday night. And I actually thought, like, there's no amazing value about he's Charlie's angel, but there was enough to like about the run. Uh, one of the better chances, I think, drawn pretty well on Friday night. But I think that the winner of the final will come out of that first semi-final, and I tend to think it will be either he's the son of a gun or Celestio Matuka skate. Yeah, just for something different, I'm going to agree with you, Bon. They look, they look the two, don't they? They probably do, yeah. but we're going to semi-final number two. Uh, Captain Rival... The speed suited and maybe he was slightly flattered, but he just seems to be copying the hard racing really well. He's getting he's getting better at the right time, Captain Rival. He's done a lot of work in his races where he's been he's been doing the labour and uh, and really having to be brave. But he showed he's got a turn of speed here coming from off the pace. So um, I thought that maybe he was even well probably third pick in the final. To be honest, out of that second semi final, flew home. Repelling was the winner. Uh, good effort to pick up Sweet Passion, who was also very good. And again, uh, as I said with Celestia Matuka, often you can tell the confidence that a camp has just by the way a horse is driven and the fact that they wanted to hold up with Sweet Passion. Uh, yeah, certainly those earphones, there's, that, something's really going on now. There's a, there's a buzz. There's, there's a buzz in the room. Um, the fact that they wanted to hold the lead with Sweet Passion was an indication of their opinion of that horse. And like I say, repelling really good, but did get that suck run. I thought that Captain Rival was the one out of the second semi-final that I, I took most note of. Yeah, probably. He caught the eye and it was a, a slow, you know, it was a 28-5, so they didn't actually um, rip home. It was more of a slog home. And I tend to agree. I thought Captain Rival was good, but also probably a little bit flattered yeah, agree. Um, by by that. So, yeah, I'll, just having a look at the sectionals, it was 56-7 his last 800, 27-5 home. So um, he, he's got him really well, but he hasn't absolutely broken the clock, I suppose. It was just, um, yeah, visually he, he looked excellent. But, no, it was a great win by repelling. Uh, Lee Sutton obviously had plenty of confidence in the horse. He did get the run to suit, but um, he still had to get the job done, and that he did. Sweet Passions was still very, I think, just got a little bit lost up the straight, was um, was sort of running all over the shot. And I just think, yeah, with more racing, is no doubt going to get better and better. Better up that I think that they've obviously, to drive him like that, got it. You're laughing at better and better. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. Um, but they obviously have a lot of confidence in the horse to drive him forward like that in a semi-final. A flash Jimmy, Aaron Dunn said he was probably thought he was a touch below his best. Um, and we all probably thought that on the night as well. So, um, yeah, I I think that the first semi-final is definitely going to be the stronger one moving forward. The only little uh, Aaron did mention in the post-race interview, um, and a, a brilliant hosting job by you, by the way, on on Saturday night. I thought it was a I thought it was well, it was a very fun coverage. But Aaron said in the post-race interview, and Stevie Blacker actually told me I watched the race. Now I watched Bondi Lockdown's race with Stevie a little bit later, but he said that Flash Jimmy uh, had had a setback prior to the heat. Now whether that's you know, still affecting him. I mean, you've got to look at it two ways. Is it still, was it still affecting him on Wednesday night and uh, will it still affect him on Friday night? So that, I mean, you, there's a couple of things that Flash Jimmy has to overcome. I think he's probably a touch of unders at $9 in the final at the moment. But if you go back to what he was doing in the Breeders' Crown, 
uh, he, he's still in the mix. Uh, I'm leaning towards – well, you're committed, so it's going to be hard for you because you got the $8.50, but I'm, st- I'm still with he, son of a gun. Celestio Matuka is going to be hard to beat, but I reckon if he, son of a gun, gets just a slice of luck, he's still the one to beat Scooter. Yeah. Going yep, the other way I now. I just think he's going to – no, well, I don't know. I, I really need to look at this a bit more. I don't know. I just, if it was any other draw for his son of a gun, I'm 100% with him. But, um, you know, where does he get to in the run? Well, from I, that? I, I just base it on, have to... yeah, I base it on the other night. So if he, you just think, if Celestio Matuka has to do some work, even if he finds the front, if he has to do some work, he's, he's a son of a gun's probably. Uh, made up the best part of 25 metres or 30 metres, depending on h- how badly you think that um, that mistake affected his momentum and, and all the rest of it. So if he's within, if he can somehow get within 20 metres of Celestio Matuka, I still think yeah. he can win. But He just beats yeah. him for speed. Yeah. yeah. But it'll, it's going uh, to be a great race. It's another hard one where maybe something else can win, but we agree they're the two leading chances. He's a son of a gun. And Celestia Matuka, three-year-old Phillies, first semi-final. <clears throat> what a performance this was. I went back and I, maybe Bondi Lockdown was the performance of the night, but I tell you what, we all agreed on the night visually what Ladies in Red was able to do in a sizzling 54.1 sec final half um, to mow down Joanna and just do it like a champion like she has in the past where she was able to nail her in the last five or six metres, just said, I, I don't care. I don't care if it's a semi-final. I'm going to win this race. It was phenomenal. But just as I said on on Wednesday night, I'm not ruling out the possibility that Joanna can still win this race. You are. Yeah, there's just – no, no. Uh, like, there's just something, you know, all all it takes is for ladies in red to, you know, horses, are, they, they have off nights, don't they? So – Given Joanna's massive draw advantage during one, has, having good gate speed, she's the leader. Um, and we know, we've seen it before, she's she's led and she's been able to to run along and beat ladies in red that way. So it's not impossible. Um, however, I think, yeah, you've got to be with ladies in red because she just keeps doing things that we think she can't do. Like, I think we were all in agreement on, on Wednesday that, um, you know, Sal would probably make a move or she would run a nice second or third or something like that just to get through to qualify. But he made the move early and uh, to run, you know, sit outside and and run a half like they did. And she just wants to win, doesn't she? She knows where that line is and she sticks her head out and makes sure she, she hates losing. She's a bit like you, Bond. She hates losing. (laughs) Um, And she just gets the job done. So look, she's, she's something very, very special and I'm 100% with her. Yeah. No, I, I, she should win the race. Uh, I think I've got her a dollar fifty without having done the you know the full form yet, mm. and she should win the race. And she's a freak. I just love, I love watching it. Like there's one of the things I've always loved most about this sport are horses like her that can do that work in the breeze uh, and then show that speed and lift and grind and just say I'm I'm just going to win. I'm going to find a way to beat you. I still think my, nearly my favourite win of 2021 was her win in the Oaks, and it was so reminiscent of it uh, on, on Wednesday night. The only thing I will say, and this sounds awfully harsh on Jackie Barker, because we all agreed she drove the perfect race, is that Ladies in Red was able to get there, and it's almost like a psychological thing. If she can get there before they quicken, then her speed and will and champion qualities uh, will usually get her over the line almost always. But I... 
and I don't know if Joanna will be able to do this on Friday night, but I just love, I mentioned it on the coverage on Trot's Vision, as soon as Ladies in Red gets going, you just, the Joanna just starts bolting from that point, basically, because I don't think yeah. Beach Music or Rogue Wave or Treachery or Runaways, I don't think any of them can win. So, I, Joanna's only, they say you should never drive to beat one horse, but I think I think Joanna has to be driven to beat one horse on uh, on Friday night. So, it, it's going to be very interesting, but I, th- that's, that's the contest I'd love to see, you know, just put the foot to the floor and see if Ladies in Red can can do that for a mile. And you know what? There's every chance if Jackie does that, that ladies in red will win by further. But I think that's the only way to go. Yeah, that's right. You've got to take the chance, don't you? And I think that's probably the only way that Joanna can can beat ladies in red is um, just making it, you know, the old mathematically impossible for her that she's got to do so much work. And, you, you know, you don't really want to see it because I think it – in the sport, we want to see good horses win. We want to see them pull out massive performances and, and win, and especially when you've got a, a star like her. So, um, but yeah, if you were Jackie Barker and uh, Danny Zabatanos, yeah, I think probably putting the foot down and making her work while she's making that move is probably going to be the only way that potentially there can be a bit of an upset. And um, just going back through a few of the other runners, obviously Runaway Celebrity, looking forward, uh, has been cruel by by the draw. Um, because she does have that early gate speed that she could use in the semi-final to place. So um, her and also Rogue Wave, which we'll touch on soon, have uh, have really yeah had their chances hurt by the barrier draw. We'll just uh, we'll rip through semi-final number two so that uh, we can go for a break and kick onto the three-year-old Colts and Gunnings. Rogue Wave really good. Beach music uh, wasn't punished at the end of the race. I still thought she was the run of the race. Um, but, you know, well done to Rogue Wave, a brilliant drive by Jason Lee. And Treachery was better. Um, but they're, they're all – it sort of goes in three stages. Well, there's Ladies in Red, I think, then Joanna, then Beach Music and Rogue Wave, and then Treachery and Runaway Celebrity. And the gap hasn't changed very much, really. No, I don't think so. No. No. And Ladies in Red, what price should she be for the final? Um, uh $1.50? Yeah, I think that's about right. And I'd say $3 for Joanna. I was hoping Joanna might be a little bit better, but she's only $3.30. Maybe if the if the fans all just join in and, and Ladies in Red shortens up even further and we get out to $3.84 about Joanna, I might think about getting involved. Probably not. Let's go for a break. You are watching the Friday Form Panel on Trot's Vision and listening on SEN Track. When we come back, it's one all the music quiz and we'll kick on to the three-year-old Colts and Geldings and review those semifinals from Wednesday night and try and find the winner for New Year's Eve. On Trot's Life, it's time for the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Jason. Jason. Empire State of Mind? It is Empire State Come of on! Mind. Come on! That was very good. Song, but I think I was going to say New York. <laughs> what were you going to say? New York? New York. <laughs> yeah, I was trying. I was doing the same thing. I, I was just doing a little cross. I'm like, I know the song. And I thought, is that the right song? Then I went, okay, yes, tick. That's the right song. And then I was going to say, is it New York? Is it? Then I realised it was uh, Empire State of Mind uh, for the great uh, Hover, Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. Uh, absolute cracking tune. One of the best. Okay, three-year-old Colts and Gelding, semi-final number one. Wombat, is he listening? Let's hope he's not. 
Better Eclipse was unbelievable. Look, this is this was this was crazy time. So Longfellow wins the race. Uh, very good drive by your uh, by your friend Rebecca Bartley. Kimball was able to find we like got the map right perfectly here. Kimball dashes across to the top, shows brilliant gate speed. First one on the scene to retake the advantage is Longfellow. <clears throat> um, speed's not crazy. Better Eclipse. Goes forward, which is which is against his pattern, but Greg Sugars did indicate that was the likely scenario. And then mid race, he gets uh, he gets pulling when Blitzen wants the breeze. I, I was amazed. Like I said, I went back skating. I mean, we all saw how well he went on the night, but then I went back just to check how every horse went over the line. Greg just he just did nothing. He sat there. Quietly, there was no, there was no out, there was no clear air, and if there had been, he wins the race with almost no doubt whatsoever. Yep, yep, I think so. He's absolutely in the zone. He's just airborne at the moment. Better Eclipse going so so well, and I was even I'm not sure. I think I said during uh, during the race. Oh, I hope he doesn't. You know, sometimes when they get that fierce, you think, oh, don't you know? When they're not used to it, I hope he doesn't choke down or. Um, or stop, but gee, he he was hitting the line better than anything, wasn't he? So, yeah, Barry one's interesting for him, but um, I am once again I'm jumping jumping the gun. But yeah, he was excellent. Longfellow really good. Um, we spoke to Beck about you know he's probably more a tough horse than a quick horse, but in saying that he was able to to peel out a twenty six seven final quarter and win it using speed so he's versatile um but the the barrier draw has probably really hurt his chances in the final kimball's biggest asset i think is that that gate speed i think that really aids him and he can uh put himself or sophia can put him in a, a good position um so look he's not uh not completely out of the mix uh, come the final blitzen um, not beaten fast, solid again. I think after doing the work, had to do a fair bit of work when obviously Better Eclipse got fired up to get around and spring any step, my mate. Um, not sure what to make of him. Um, like it, it's a strong group of three-year-olds and the horses that he beat in that Gordon Rothkin Memorial would probably, it's fair to say, I think not at the level of some of these, you know, really good, the best three-year-olds. So um maybe he was a touch more flattered there and then when he's back to age-restricted racing which sounds a little bit crazy it's it gets a fair bit harder so um again he's not totally out of it he's a very good horse beaten nine meters but hard to see him winning it i think it's a funny one isn't it so we often say how hard it is now with the national rating system for three-year-olds to go you know straight into metropolitan level and then we're i know we're talking about the top three-year-olds here but we're talking about Springing Step, who's gone and won a high-quality uh, Metro Maiden in the in the Gordon Rothkin Memorial Championship, one of the high-priced ones. And we're saying, well, you know, that that form doesn't stack up against any of these three-year-old. But that's that's the case. And I think you know, I mentioned it in the in the uh, in the preview for Wednesday night that uh, Springing Step, the evidence that we'd had, and Dan Mikey reiterated it on Wednesday night that um, he he'd been in the second tier. So, but I'm also a little, I'm, I actually, I'm still playing my, my, uh, my theory here because I still can't help but think if you can sit three wide the trip and go 53 over a mile, that that would stack up against these horses. But I don't think he's running, mm. I don't think he's run another race like that, like he did first up. No, no. Mm. And, and well, that's what I mean. It wasn't like, uh, you know, 
um, opposition aside first up, what he did, that performance, should have him, you know, when he gets a, a peg line trip here, three pegs, he should be, you know, climbing all over them late, really, you would think, in theory. Uh, I still think, so this is going to be, what an interesting start this is going to be. It's okay to move forward because we're, we're sort of looking back and looking forward. Um, Kimball, if Kimball can get across at the start, uh, better eclipse drawn one, Kimball three, is that right? I think that's correct. Yep. Um, then I still think Kimball can win the race. Yep. And interestingly, uh, from Big Fella, hope we can get another quaddy like last year's New Year's Eve, meeting Jason and Nikita, win a $100 chance on one of the quaddy legs. That was Kimball. Uh, all the best. Cheers, big fella. Won't be 101 on this occasion. The other <clears throat> critical query here is if Kimball does cross, whether Greg can get off with better eclipse and still stay in front of Bondi Lockdown. Gee, it's going to be that first couple of hundred metres is going to be real, isn't it? Yes. Yes. That's one of the, probably one of the more, you know, things I'm looking forward to most because there is so many questions like can better eclipse, like we know his pattern is, you know, he usually goes back and uh, and he's a bit of bit more of a sit sprinter. But can he he begin well enough that he can can kick up? Because otherwise, he's definitely going to be three pegs. Yeah, oh, but that's the thing. If he can, if he can, uh, if even if Kimball gets across him, if they run the first uh, 150 metres and he stays with Kimball, I mean, there's no one better than Greg. He'll be able to. There's a chance that he'll be able to just rip straight off the inside and stay in front of Bondi Lockdown, who's a quick beginner without being electric. So it's it's going to be real. Five fifty four a drum. I am not. I'm not. I don't know if Blitzen can win the race, but I tell you what, I reckon he's massive overs the place because he's only going to be third up from a break here in the final. His runs in the Derby were absolutely unbelievable, and he never gave an inch here, even after having to work around and uh, and get past a hard pulling Better Eclipse. Now, if Better Eclipse does get shuffled out of the race. Early, um, and a, you know, a, a couple of them out the back can't get into it, and Blitzen can roll forward. Oregon's over is the drum, Skeeter. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. I've just got this this theory. This could be more of a peg dominated race. Like you have a look at some of the big guns, better Eclipse, Kimball, and Bondi Lockdown. Um, you know, I sort of kind of see it hard to see one of those missing a place so then where's it left Blitzen but absolutely I think this horse's progression has been uh, one of the better ones going around we saw it through the Derby series and then yeah both heat runs have been really good as well third up he should be peaking for this so um, yeah you've you've said sillier things Bon <laughs> I certainly have uh, there's no doubt about that uh, semi-final number two we won't get to our, our our thoughts on how to play the final, but we'll just run through this before the news. Bondi lockdown was just utterly staggering. Uh, took off in a 28.5 second, second quarter from well back in the field, charged up. Then you'd think, okay, well, you should be getting tight by the time you join Beyond Delight, who, um, you know, has looked an absolute superstar. We know the sectionals he can run, but once he got level with Beyond Delight, he just looked him in the eye and said, uh, I might run past you. And then he got to the turn and like he does and said, oh, geez. Uh, how do you get around here? I've lost my compass. And then when they straightened up, he just monstered him. It was, it was beastly. He looked, and he's done this before, but he looked every bit a grand circuit horse of the future, didn't he? Like in, in the not too distant future, the way you are. Oh, 100%. And I'm just looking at the sectionals again now. He got going, like we mentioned it on the night, but he got going in that, uh, that 28-5 quarter. Then they've gone 28-1, 27-6. On the, on the bend, you thought, 
you know, it, yeah, he's just doing Bondi lockdown things. But I suppose if you're watching, you think he's flat, he's gone. But Rob Alber even, even said in the studio, no, no, he'll he'll pick up again. And that's what he absolutely does. He's a quirky little character. He switches off, doesn't he? And he's had a fair bit of hard racing now, but he still sort of just switches on and off and does funny little quirky things. But he just was in beast mode. He, um, I think, yeah, he's going to be as better, as good as better Eclipse was and he's he's outstanding but um yeah Bondi lockdown the versatility that he has and the way he did and it even what Dunny said about his work at home breaking the the track record by two seconds and having a heart rate of 77 for and I suppose for those that you know don't know that much like that that's very low for when you've just gone out and had a had a run like that so he's fit he's obviously just a you know he's a supreme athlete and um he's a very good horse and he deserves to win a, a race like this we might get to the news find out what's happening in the world and come back talk about beyond delight greg sugars will be driving better eclipse but still believes beyond delight i think they call him blackjack at home he's uh, still a big winning hope despite during the second row and i'm interested in your thoughts on captain balisario as well he he was maybe entitled to nearly win the race, how well he was travelling, but I think Jack Lewis was pretty kind to him late. We'll talk about that in a moment. For now, let's find out what's happening in the world. Just go to the news on SEN Track. You're listening to the Friday Form Panel. The Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Jason. Jason. Beautiful day. You too. That's correct. <laughs> Jeez, I thought, you, I thought you couldn't hear me. Is this thing on? <laughs> Jason! That was, that was Bondi lockdown, like That yeah. was... <laughs> did, you, uh, did you get in at all, Nikita? Uh, no, I knew it, but okay. I was too slow. Too slow. I said my name four times. <laughs> Jason, Jason, Jason! Uh, that's a real summer tune. Came out... Yeah. I'm going to try and name the... Damo Watson loves to do this. Oh, he's good at it. But, I think there was one gave out in 2006. I think it was number three of the Canadian charts for six weeks since 2006. No, this was, I reckon, I'm going to go. I reckon it was 2006, actually. No, a bit earlier, 2000. You're joking. Yeah. Jeez, how old am I? Actually, how old am I? It's not one. It did not come out in 2000. Month of October 2000. That's beautiful day. genuine crap. There's no way it did. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> what, what, what date in 2000? 9th of October. I just turned 21. <laughs> no wonder I thought it was a great summer song. I was absolutely ablaze back in that. Day. Really smart. <laughs> sort of just turned three. Tackling derbies. <laughs> yeah. Um... Hope we can. Uh, I won't say Merry Christmas for the fifteenth time to yourself, Jason. But we wish Nikita and Geordie a great Christmas and a safe New Year. Cheers from Big Fella Family, and I'm sure what they return those sentiments beyond delight. Skeeter. Yes, absolutely. Merry Christmas to the Big Fella Family. Obviously, um, yeah, they uh, they are fantastic people. And Mrs. Big Fella sent me a message the other day, which was lovely. Uh, beyond delight. Um, yeah, I know. It's hard to see. I don't know. He, it's hard to see him probably winning the final, um, but we know he's a quality horse, so I, I couldn't completely rule him out. And Greg had so much confidence in him as well, didn't he? So, um, yeah, he was he was good. Captain Belisario, 
it's hard to see him having probably a better chance than that uh, from the draw into the final. But again, not far away at all, four meet, beaten four metres, you know, behind a performance like Bondi Lockdown pulled out. So I don't think they either of them were – I think they both went, went really well. Bondi Lockdown just was crazy. Yeah, like <laughs> what I've written here is Biondelight passed and failed the test all at the same time. Uh, you know, fifty th- leading in 53, this is a – and I, I, I don't want to bash shame the point about sectionals, but um, this is a horse who hasn't had to do this kind of thing before, and he's actually gone. He's gone really well. He's just run into, a, you know, he's run into a, a, a bit of a freak really in Bondi lockdown. But off his own bat, he's broken fifty four leading over the middle trip. So that's, I mean, that's really good going. Just and, on, um, sorry, yeah. just on, I've just got the sectionals in front of me and I know you're not, a, it's not your thing entirely sectionals, but just having a look at Bondi Lockdown's personal sec- sectionals, his last mile, 151.6, Jeez. last 8546 and 276 home. But where? 151.62. Here's the thing that I'd be more impressed by. What was Bondi Lockdown's middle half? Um, no, I haven't got that. Have you got the, the all the quarters, or they just give you the last half, do they? No, the last half. Yeah, I reckon. See, that's where I that, that's a sectional that I can that I can get my teeth stuck into. The fact that I think he's gone about, you know, fifty five the middle half, and then and then you we, know we do yeah, and and I think yeah that hopefully very soon we will, we will have um yeah even further breakdowns. But yeah, I've just got the basic eight hundred and and four hundred sectionals. So, yeah, um, because that'd be yeah key information, and I think he would have uh, blown the clock up then. Well, the, his last 1,200, see, that's, yeah, that's that's where I uh, that's where I start getting a little bit more excited about the sectionals. But uh, beyond delight, I still think he's third pick even from the draw. And Captain Belisario, um, yeah, I think Jack was pretty kind. Uh, just sort of didn't get stuck into him when they really accelerated and, and kicked for home. And then he, he's done a huge job now. He might have had the soft run, but again... When you're looking at a time like 53-5 over the middle trip and you're able to stick with them, uh, he's, he, he's, gonna be a re- he's going to be a really, really good horse going forward. It might not be on Friday night that he gets his big success, but I'd be following him uh, wherever he goes. I would have thought, Skeet. Yes, I think so. Uh, so I'm $1.80 Bondi lockdown. Everything, it's just going to be really – well, I've made it $1.80. I think it's $1.90 in the market. It's just going to be interesting to see if something completely – out of the blue happens early. Because if, if it doesn't, it's very hard to see Bondi Lockdown getting beaten, isn't it? It is, but I kind of feel like, um, to use a phrase that you've used, you know, a few times recently, we've seen this movie before where he looks, it looks like he's raced, but he's just forced to do so much work. Like it's just made, his life is made so hard. So I, um, yeah, you just sort of, I have this question mark if that is the case, if, there's fireworks early and he's forced to do do a ton of work and, and then he has to park out potentially. Yeah, I, I can't see it happening, though, just from the horses drawn inside. I think they're probably, um, you know, we know if Kimball's in front, Kimball will be happy enough to take a sit and, the, you know, one of the first horses there is going to be Bondi Lockdown. So, yeah, I, I think it, it does look his race. Just want to throw this in there as well, though. Like a lot of great horses... Lenny the Shark was like this. Bondi's got a bit of Lenny in him, um, smoking up. He seems a better horse in the breeze than when he's leading. Even ladies in red, David Moran talking about that, you know. I think great, great horses, uh, 
they they love the fight so much that uh, you know even even when he beat American Dealer recently, Bondi locked down. He he switched off worse in front than it, like he seems to go better in the breeze. And also because he does have that flat spot coming around a bend, if he's in front, you know it, it gives it gives other horses a better chance to ping him. So. I mean, I don't know whether you agree with me, but it's, I definitely think it's something to factor slightly into the equation as well. Oh, 100%. I was thinking of that um, that American dealer race when, as you were talking about it, Bond, but, you know, he did. He, I thought, he's in trouble here, but he didn't. He just sort of switched off, got a bit lost out in front. And and as I mentioned before, that's what he sort of tends to do, just switch off a little bit and um, not, not completely concentrate when he's in front. So, um, and if a horse, you know, a, a really quick horse, like we know Beyond Delight um, is a super quick horse and has that really quick change up speed and, and can quicken. If he's got momentum out wide, potentially off off the back of a nice card into it and Bondi Lockdown switches off, you know, something could potentially just outping him. But, um, you know, or a better eclipse is, is probably another one with a good example for that. But I just think he's very versatile. But, um yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And it, it, the, the key, that, even Kimball, the key there is that you need a horse like Bondi Lockdown then needs time to switch back on and and then get after whoever's run past him. So it's just something worth factoring in when you're having a bet. Four-year-old Entires and Geldings, semi-final number one, Honolulu Bay. Ah, <laughs> jeez. It's a wonder he got out there. Everyone on Trot's Vision was tripping him that much. It was, oh, I, it. I, I thought he was going to be scratched. Um, no, well, you know what? I tried to peel back because I was only having, <laughs> I was having a bit of a loll about the fact that he got beaten on semi-final night last year. And then the pylon happened and I was like on the bottom of the pylon and saying, get off me! <laughs> Dan, Rob, get off me! I, I, don't, I don't want to be part of this. Um, he was, you know, he just... He urinated in, didn't he? It was just a very, very easy win. At no point asked to do anything by David Moran, and he's class above. He's uh, class above the rivals that he that he took on, and that sounds crazy because Pacific A Dream is a really good horse, so silent major, but Honolulu Bay is different gravy. Yeah, he is, and uh, I think this time back in, he's really matured, and um, yeah, I would be surprised if you know he went back to his. Old ways, and we say old ways, but it, you know it wasn't a consistent thing. It was just happened a few times. Yeah, he's put in a couple of below par performances and potentially had excuses for them all. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I think this this campaign is really mature. He looks in the zone, and he did that effortlessly, and very very hard to see him being beaten in the final. Silent Major, I thought, stuck on really well, and same with Pacifico Dream. There's probably a bit of a gap there. Um, back to the to the rest of the field in terms of class, but um, yeah, Honolulu Bay, he's a very very good horse. He is. I will continue to say this. The, it won't matter on Friday night on New Year's Eve at Tabcorp Park, Melton, before the fireworks go off. But I still think he's a better, much better horse from off the speed. He did this so easy. It was a fifty-four-seven final half, but um, he he still didn't look as explosive as he does when he's when he's rounding them up from the back of the field. But like it, it didn't matter. He wasn't asked to do anything. Uh, Solomon Major, uh, they were pretty kind on him late. I think he it was a really good run. Pacifico Dream was solid. I. I think you you might have missed Major Meister here. Uh, I, I thought he needed to go forward in his races these days, but he made up more than 10 metres in the 54-7 final half, and he wasn't really asked to do a hell of a lot late either. Now, he's drawn poorly 
on Friday night, and there's probably only one place position available. But if you got out to something stupid like nine or ten dollars, I'd I'd have it. I'd have a twenty on uh, on Major Meister to run a place because I think he's not that far away from most of the others. But as we go to semi-final two, the clear second pick in in this division, and we know Rob Bob was very keen uh, on on having JOK on top. The draw hasn't worked out, but gee, I tell you what, he'll still run second. That was a he was a, he was a total class above. His semi-final, you know, not if not quite in the same vein as Honolulu Bay, then pretty close. Yeah, he was he was really really good, um, wasn't he? Obviously, we spoke with uh, with Big Cat Matt Lethard on Monday, and he sort of spoke about the horse's racing pattern and uh, that he's he's a speed horse. And from that draw, obviously, Greg said he's he's got to press forward. Did a little bit of work to get there as well, and then sat in the breeze. Um, but still was able to use that speed that he has at the end. But I think that um, the fact that he could still do that, he doesn't have to have a helmet to follow. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a very, very nice horse. And, yeah, draws it reversed um, potentially is a, a bit of a danger, but it's probably hard to see him, yeah, hit beating Honolulu Bay, but uh, must go in a second pick, I think. Got to say now, it's got a lot to do with the horse flesh. Obviously, you can't, you know, you've got to go out there to um, to win, even on semi final night most of the time. But I tell you what, just watching uh, Greg Sugars with the horses that he qualified, uh, gee, he's he's incredible. Like he doesn't get stuck into them ever. Like I know JOK was going to win anyway, but he just that confidence and it leaves something in the locker for next week. So. You know, Honolulu Bay is likely to win, but I tell you what, if a couple of things went wrong, JOK is, you know, he, he's, we said it, he's a proper good horse. Like Greg says, he's a proper good horse. He's a, he's a very serious animal and he's got plenty left in the locker for next time around. Not much more to take from the race, I wouldn't have thought. You've, you've got this, I don't know why you've got this knock on poor old Dillaby Sylvester. He hasn't missed a place all campaign. He hasn't missed a place since... November 2020. Oh, wonderful. Uh, well, well done to him. Um, with all those silver and bronze medals hanging around his neck. I said to you I thought he was a good run and you just looked at me like I had three heads on, on Wednesday night. Because but he, he sort of is a horse, I think, that doesn't... I'm not saying he, he comes out and wins the final. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying he's a really consistent horse. He doesn't win by big spaces, but he also doesn't lose by big spaces. JOK had the race won and could have ran away from him. But Jill and Sylvester kept trying, I thought. Yeah, you, you, you know, the, the, the knock is this, okay? And, and we don't know exactly how good horses are. I reckon pound for pound on natural ability, Jill and Sylvester is at least as good as JOK. But he doesn't... Yeah. He doesn't want it. it. I don't think he wants it that badly. And what what upsets you even further is once he'd lost the race on Wednesday, he wanted to go again. And you just like I think that sometimes people think sometimes I'm knocking horses, but often it's against the rating that you have on them. I mean, I I know they've got a pretty good opinion of him, Skeeter, and I reckon on ability. He should have won that race, shouldn't he? It, like, if it was pure ability with a better run than JOK, he's not that far inferior on talent to JOK that he should have lost the race, but he did. Yeah, so I just probably think that JOK is a better horse. But you look at I'll go back now. Uh, because th- these runs were outlined by, uh, by Rob Orba on... Um, like JOK, 
He beat Bonsell Benjamin two starts ago, didn't he? Yeah, but... Bonsell, Bonsell Benjamin's stocks have risen a little bit. I mean, we, we've spoken about that a few times, but Bonsell Benjamin's stocks have risen a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Beating Bonsell Benjamin wasn't the uh, wasn't the be-all and end-all of your life not too long ago. So here, um, three starts ago, one out, one back, lost a shoe and was beaten four metres by Supreme Dominator who won the Cranbourne Cup. So is, is JOK just, would JOK just have smashed the Cranbourne Cup? Um, oh, he would have been close. I just think he, I, I think he chases better when, when he's got, when he's got something there and he, and when he's in front or when the fight's really on, that's when I reckon he's not a hundred percent there. We're going to go for a break here. Um, Skeeter and I have to be pulled apart back to red and blue corners. Ding, ding, ding for the bell. When we come back, we'll say who we think is going to win the four-year-old. Well, we'll just say Honolulu Bay and move forward. J.O. Catter run second. And, uh, then we'll take on the four-year-old mess. On Trot's Life, it's time for the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Jason. Jason. Have yourself a merry little Christmas? Not quite. Not quite. Good guess. More song, please. I know it now. Nikita. Nikita. White Christmas or dreaming of a white Christmas? White Christmas. Yeah. White Christmas will do. Three, two. Still got the job done. Um, I, just, I played that to Did say you? this. Did you know that this is the highest selling single of all time? Yes. I had no idea. Really? Yeah, Bing. Uh, yeah, I won. Semi-final yeah. one for the four-year-old mares. I uh, think we need to go back to the judge. hundred percent. Three, two. Okay. Um, Marjorie, uh, and I, I don't hate Jill Beasley Vesta, by the way. Uh, he's, I just, <laughs> I, I, I wish he was... A little bit better than these. We've only got about a minute and a half left. Semi-final number one, Margita, dominant, but so what, made up huge ground. And if a couple of things work out, I wouldn't fall off my stool if she won Friday night. Let's get her. Yes, yes, yes. Completely and agree. And common, common courtesy. Common flying. We, we yeah. should have drawn well, geez. Uh, and semi-final two, I can't see anything really uh, measuring up on Friday night. Spellbound was too good. Jill and Misagami's trending well, though, and rocking with Sierra was good with a soft run. Yes, 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 completely agree. Jellybee's Sagami obviously had to do the work. I thought she was, yeah, brave, but uh, Spellbound just did what she does. I'm just leaning towards Margita at the moment. You, you're leaning towards Spellbound? Uh, no, I'm in the Margita camp. Always have been, always probably will be. Uh, well done, uh, Skeeter. What, what, what have you got on for Christmas? You're up in Shepparton at the moment. Um, just hanging out with the family and in, enjoying some family time over the next couple of days? Yes, yes, a um, couple of family do's tomorrow, just a bit of downtime, and then, uh, yeah, back into it uh, next week for a big week. So looking forward to it, Bon. Well done on your work all year. We're not done yet, though. We'll, we'll speak very soon, and we'll wind up towards New Year's Eve at Tabcourt Park, Melton. Sounds good, Bon. Enjoy. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners, and I genuinely mean to say it all the time, but it's a family. I've loved catching up with many of you, and hopefully... Over the next couple of weeks, I can catch up with more. Make sure to stay safe, enjoy, reflect, and have some gratitude. Sit back and have a look at everything we've got because we've got a fair bit in this country, let me tell you. Um, thanks for joining us. Campbell Brown, he tells me on fire over the last couple of weeks, so expect him to tip you some more winners over the next four or five hours. Au revoir.